0: Welcome to
1: the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses from your professional life to your emotional health.
0: You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the mom and dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate, and today a home repair check writer. I'll talk about that
1: more later. And I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot 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 writer, foster care advocate, and today semi pro pantry organizer. Oh, I'm going to need, I
0: am going to need pictures. You notice I said
1: semi pro (laughs) things are not quite there yet.
0: We are so happy to have Kara Harvey with us today again. Kara joined us back in September for episode number 37, so definitely check that one out too. And we learned so much and just couldn't wait to have her back on to discuss her new book, The 15-Minute Formula, How Moms Can Ditch the Overwhelm, Say Yes to What Actually Matters. is a wife, a mom to a 15-year-old stepson, a six-year-old daughter, and a four-year-old son. She works as a mom empowerment coach and her mission is to provide women with the tools, resources, and community to reach their goals, empower themselves, find their happiness, and live a life by design. She does this from her blog, podcast, virtual community groups, and e-courses that help women learn how to balance their lives, finance, schedules, health, and themselves. Welcome back, Kara. We're so happy to Yay, have you here. Welcome back. Yeah, it is an
2: honor. I know That even just getting to speak on the podcast the first time was such an honor, but to have me back again, like I am just so pleased and thankful and grateful for
1: connecting again. You're too kind. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Your original visit was a listener favorite and also a host
1: favorite. Uh, We go back to it a lot.
0: We've been working on our blog schedules, but yes, I have Kara in my head. Most days, (laughs) (laughs) our buffer time, we got it all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think about it a lot in terms of like, you don't have to worry about the things that aren't getting done if you have a block for them to get done. Yes. Just do it in your block. Yes. So when I walk by the kitchen and start to panic, I'm like, nope, I I have a plan for that. I'll do it later. Mm -hmm. So, well, we've already done some Kara 101. And if you don't know Kara, if you're listening, go back and listen to episode 37 for some background. But instead of revisiting all of that, we really want to jump right into the new book. You have a new book called the 15 minute formula. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. You know, the journey to the book was an interesting one for me because I didn't ever want to write a book. You know, how people put stuff on their list forever, right? Like there are people who know they want to write a book, right? Yeah. I used to actually be like, no, I'm not one of those bloggers. Cause I started off as A blogger, right? I'm not those bloggers who wants a book. I was like, I am one of those podcasters who wants a TED talk. I was like, that's where I I shine because I had these limiting beliefs in my head that I wasn't a good writer because I do struggle with basic grammar. Like I understand it, but I am (laughs) I'm an Enneagram three. I move very fast, and for me, I'm like perfecting. We'll get to that later. Like I just I want to get things done, Uh and so I had this block like, oh, I'd never be able to do that. And I also thought, what do I have to share with the world, right? Like I, I didn't think I had anything. And then I started to read other books and people would send us books to be on the podcast and stuff. And I was searching for books for the book club for my membership. And there is not a lot of stuff out there that's productivity for moms. Now there's a lot of productivity stuff out there, right? There's stuff that's for business. There's stuff that's like hustle culture. There's habits, routines, but nothing, not, not nothing, but there is not a lot specifically geared towards moms. And after go ahead, search productivity for moms and see what comes up. There's some stuff but I wasn't finding anything that was like hitting the needs of the moms I was working with. And so yeah. right around March, I was kind of like, uh, all right, uh, are we going to do this? I think, I think if this is something I want to do, you know, and, and I said, I was like, God, if we want to do this, you just let me know. Like we'll see some signs. And then after my summit, which is in April, I was like, I'll start figuring out how to put it on the board for next year. Like I'll start thinking about it because I'm I like to rush into things, but not something like this. Like I want to take my time. I want to plan it out. I want to make sure it's the right season. That's all the stuff I teach. Right. So then literally that was like a Friday on Monday, I got an email from one of my like mentors that didn't know they were a mentor type of people for me that the subject yeah. line was, I want to help you write your book. And I was like, <gasps> say what? I was oh, like, wait, this is a joke, right? That's a good and sign. Was, uh, Mike McAllowitz, who wrote like Prop First and Clockwork, if you know who he is. And he'd wrote it to the whole list. It wasn't just to me, but he was doing a writer's workshop in April. And um, the town it was in is literally the town my sister lives in. So like an hour from my house. And the two days that he was doing it, I had already told my husband I was going to take off those days because it was right after my summit. And I always take a couple days off. It was the same two days. And I I was like, I have to go, right? Like I must apply for this. They only 10 people were getting in because of COVID stuff. And so I applied, I got accepted to the program and it went to this two day thing. And I learned the ins and outs of writing and publishing a book and how all of the, I didn't, I had nothing, I had no idea what I was doing. And so it was like a crash course into learning and figuring out my book. And I left saying, I'm an author and I'm gonna get this book out as soon as I can without stressing out. So I actually use all the techniques that I teach in the 15-minute formula to write the book. So I backwards planned, I mapped out how many chapters I needed to write, like the whole nine yards with buffer time, because I knew life was gonna happen. And right around June, my life kind of imploded, honestly, a bit, and a whole bunch of stuff happened. And I took a month and a half off from writing, but I was able to stay the course because I built the buffer time in to get the book finished. And now it'll be coming out January 23rd. And it's just this really amazing way to look at what I call priority-based productivity. That's not chain-based. It's not hustle-based. It's not about you must do this because everyone on Instagram is doing this. It is literally what is what makes sense for you, your family, your season, and how can you fit things in strategically without either ending the day, throwing your hands in the air and feeling like a failure, or ending the day feeling like you've just martyred your whole life for everyone else, trying to go, 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 go. Had no time for you, but now you got to stay up till five a.m. if you want to get something done. And Mm -hmm. so I find this this marriage of intentionality with grace that I think moms are really going to connect with.
1: Can you say again what you just priority? Did you say priority based productivity? Priority based productivity. Oh my gosh! Okay, I wanted you to say that again because it. I had the stomach flip moment that I always have I've already. <laughs> wow. It. That's earlier than usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it hit me right away. I've talked about this a little bit, but Suzanne, and I both decided to do national novel writing month, NanoRimo, which was November and my life imploded a little bit in November, just a series of things. One, I was out of town every weekend for um, my swim job and wasn't just out of town relaxing. I was out of town working most of those weekends. And then I also had a minor health scare turned out to be nothing, but I had to have a biopsy and I had to go through all of that. And I didn't feel good for a few days. And one thing after another, I didn't really do NaNoWriMo and I have had a ton of guilt about it. And what you just said spoke volumes to me. Like that was not the priority for me or my family right then. And it's okay. It's okay that I didn't do it. I'll do NaNoWriMo in January. Um, I love that pairing it with grace. That's yes.
0: Just, yes. Giving yourself the grace and knowing that you needed to take care of the things you needed to take care of. And it did not fit into this, whatever the national novel people have decided <laughs> is the proper month to do and all your why writing. Why they decided
1: November was the month for that is beyond me. They oh. are people who clearly don't have holidays to prep for. Right. and I Yeah. A dude who did decided it? this. Some dude did yeah. that. Who decided you know, this? They don't I have kids in school.
2: I think it's so important that you acknowledge it and and not feel that guilt because when I, so when i was writing this book i don't know you probably won't listen to this but i have a book coach oh, um through one of the book programs i'm in oh yeah and yeah. he's he's awesome he's really helpful because i don't know what i'm doing uh i think he's engaged or married no kids young guy right and so as i'm writing the book we would meet on our, our book meetings and i brought it to him and he was like great like I think you could have this out pretty soon, and I was like, "Yeah," but you know, I'm a planner, so I looked at the next couple quarters. I looked at my year, and I was like, "I know I have some launches. My membership opens in December. It's the biggest launch we do every year." And I said, "I also know my audience." And I was like, "If I could wait till the third week in January, that's when the book's coming out. I know that my moms—they've made their goals, their vision boards—and now they're about to quit because their kid got sick or at home and they don't know what to do." So I was yeah. like, "I know them," and he kept pushing and he kept saying, not, not in like a bad way. But he's like, "I don't understand, like." you can have this out in September. You could have this out in October. And we got off one call in July, I think, because I did finish writing the book by the end of um, August. That was my goal. And he was like, we could do this second part, turn around very fast, whatever, if you wanted to. And I was like, maybe I could, I got excited. I got swept up in it. And I stopped for a second and I thought, this is why my book is needed because this is the message people send. Do it because you can do it fast. Do it because it's possible to get it done. I needed to give myself space to back up from the book because I have other things happening. I look at my life holistically and say, this is not the season for this. this is, and even now he keeps saying, well, it can come out before Christmas. And I said, my mom does not care about my book right now. Like my mom audience, like <laughs> she is trying to get her Christmas gift wrapped. Right around <laughs> January is when she needs me. This isn't about me getting my book out and rushing it because I can. Could I do it? Yeah, I love a good challenge, right? But I would be stressed beyond belief trying to get it done. I am i don't know all the things about Amazon and keywords. Like, oh, I don't know that. I have to learn it. So I gave myself permission to move at a timeline that made sense for me and my family. And, you know, this summer, my husband was out of work for four months. Like, we had a really hard time. If I had put that pressure on top of it, I wouldn't have enjoyed the goal. And I think that's really important when it comes to goals is, your timeline is your timeline. Like we love a pretty calendar, but it's just a calendar. Like Monday is just Monday. And I think when you could wrap your head around the fact that like, this is not my season. And and I'd love to talk a little bit about the seasonality thing, because I think it ties into this, but this is not my season. This is not my priority. And it's okay for me to say not no, but not right now, because I know me and not letting outside pressures make us feel some type of way about it. And I was really proud of myself because I'm a people pleaser. And I really wanted to just do it because I wanted to If I'm gonna be truthful, right? Because like that's all I know how to do. But like one I wanted to prove I could do it, and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I got my book out in like four months. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to like make this guy proud. Why? I don't know. Because I like (laughs) affirmation from random people. Like I know this about myself, and so I just want to give everybody listening like a little grace to say, hey, if this is not your season to run a half marathon or write a book or do these things, like that's awesome.
0: I love season that those are the two laundry. things I'm actually doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> <I know>. Maybe <laughs> this is my sign. Oh, no. <laughs> but maybe this is your season. Like, here's
2: the thing, right? Like, I, I think it's so important that we realize what our lives look like what our family needs and what we need before trying to just like fit a square peg into a round hole because everybody says on January 1st you need to have 12 goals and in November it's the month to write so you've got to do it then I love because either you're like I'm just going to do that in January good on you like you make that you have the power to make your own calendar planner and months for anything um and so I got loud about that, but I just wanted to say <laughs> we're to identify and know your seasons. And
1: I just love what you say about it. like a day is just a day. The month mm-hmm. is just a month. Like they were all arbitrarily named. Some of this is just, this is just the way the world works now, but it doesn't mean we have to work on that schedule. Yep. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of pressure on myself around Monday mornings and yeah. have this done by Friday because I want to do Saturday should look like this and it doesn't have to.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know we, we did have a question lined up about seasons. So maybe, maybe we should jump to that one because I think it's a natural lead in about, you know, how how do we think about seasons and how do we use those to get a handle on our goals or how we're looking at our 2022?
2: I love to talk about this. And this is a new concept that I put just in the book. And I, you know, it's interesting when you have a lot of courses and stuff out there, but when you put stuff in a book, you're like, oh, this is nowhere. And so I was really excited to put like a really fun, brand new concept about the seasons. So there's two ways we can look at them. Like, obviously we have natural seasons, right? Winter, summer, spring, and fall. And and I like that, but I think again, it has us married too much to the calendar. I like to look at the season of our life and then our family is in at the time. Um, And then I'm gonna talk about four things to add into your seasons. But the first is like literally asking yourself, like, is this a busy season for work right now? Or what am I going through? Like my sister, I mean, my nephew's gonna be one, but like last January, he was a newborn. All the stuff she is doing, right? Like she just wants to shower maybe get a couple hours of sleep and pee. Like that is all that her season is for. But why do we have so much pressure out there that you've got to bounce back and do this and perform? And like for her, she's working and she's finding it really challenging, like getting back into like working for somebody else with the baby. Like we have to identify what season am I at? Now we do this um, in my house because I run my summit in April. Summit season and now with the book compounding into something like the first quarter is wild right like it really is for me it's very busy but i know it and so because i know it a couple things happen we might order meal delivery services i might do a whole bunch of freezer meal prep and i say to my husband listen stuff's not going to happen that's like we're going to be messy you've got to pick up the slack here a little bit like i need help and knowing that allows us to release the guilt and pressure of feeling like we have to perform all the time. My house is going to be a hot mess for a couple of months. I might hire someone to come in. Like, those are all things I'm just going to do for myself because I know it's really busy. Mm-hmm. And when you know that you have these busy seasons, you can also look forward to planning a little bit of rest. And I used to do this, um, before I would know that if I can like quote get through Monday through Friday right like I could do my thing I can do my to-do list I would take a Saturday nap and I looked forward to Saturday naps it was like one hour I would just like nap and it was beautiful and it allowed me to know that there was rest coming And so one of the things I suggest is first look at your calendar, look at the next 12 months, kind of identify your, your hot spots, like your pockets of like super busy stuff, the holiday time, right? The reason I'm not pushing the book is because I know I have things coming from all angles, but the other thing I want you to do is add four things into each season. Now a season could be the quarter. You can look at your season, like it's a month if you wanted to, or even like it's a week. So again, let's, let's ditch the calendar notion and start to look at your life because even in your, I don't know, in your month, depending on your job, maybe the, like the last week of the month is always busy, a lot of paperwork and stuff. Okay. So that could be like your busy season. So the four things, um, and the seasons I like to talk about are a season of fun, a season of rest, a season of planning and a season of push. Don't love the word hustle. So we're going to use push here. (laughs) They're all going to happen in your life, but if you could plan for them, then things feel a little more aligned. And so looking at Let's just look at the next month, for example. So if we look at the next month, instead of the quarter, let's say four weeks, four seasons, easy math there. Maybe you have one season that's like so push. You're like, all right, I know I have a lot of work to do. I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff. We've got to get all this planned. We've got a birthday party. Well, whatever it is. Okay, I know this is my season of push. So I'm not going to feel guilty if stuff falls, right? I feel like last time we talked about the rubber ball, glass ball thing about things dropping, right? Like I'm not going to get mad if like stuff falls off because it's going to fall off my plate. Now, also in that season, again, month, quarter, whatever you want to use, your timeline, you should plan out a season of planning. Now, this is something people don't do. They just jump into projects. Now, I recommend taking like one week or even, shoot, your season could be your week, right? Do you have one day that you're just planning where you're thinking about the next month? You're planning out the next project. You're asking yourself what has to get done. Adding that in is going to alleviate a lot of your stress. And then you can have this season of rest because we don't do that, do we? We never rest like we need to. And then we burn out. And I know this from personal experience. Like when I'm pushing, 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 I absolutely burn out. And that was a commitment I made to myself in 2021. I said that I'm not sacrificing like my sleep anymore. Like stuff is just not going to get done. And I refuse to stay up like I get to bed by 11 and I refuse to stay up late working if I'm staying up watching a movie, whatever, but I refuse to stay up working anymore. Yeah. Like, and that was really revolutionary me when I said, I'm going to allow myself to have time where I rest. So my summit, right. It's coming up in April, me and my husband, we booked a cruise and I was like, I need this. I know that if I can get through December, January, February, and March, which are our heavy work season, I'm going to relax. And we do this for my whole team. Like we, we all, I tell everybody we're working light in April. We do this for the summer. We batch all of our work ahead in May and the beginning of June. And we all take July and August light because my whole team has kids and we want to be home for the summer. And I think it's that intentionality that allows you to not feel as much guilt. And then the last one is the season of just fun. I'm not a fun person. So I'm going to say this, like, How are you not a fun
0: person? I'm
1: not. I'm (laughs) so much fun with you.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But look, I have to be intentional about having fun. Like I'm actually like a very like serious person by nature and I don't like know how to naturally have fun. And so I have to plan out doing things that are fun, like going to book club, which is fun for me, but like book club or going out for drinks or going to do something that I enjoy. If I don't plan it, I will literally just work through it. And I found that that was a recipe for disaster. And so When you're looking at 2022 and beyond, again, one lesson we've talked about like five times is it's just a calendar. So you pick your season, but whatever your season is, whether it's the next couple months or whatever, make sure in there, it doesn't have to be equal time either, right? But you have in some push because it's going to happen anyway. You have in some planning, you have in some rest and you have in some fun. And I think you'll find that the burnout will lessen because you know what's coming and you Mm -hmm. just are like, I can just get through it. This is my reward at the end.
1: Oh, I love that. It's just a calendar. Just a calendar. <laughs> well, Suzanne and I are Enneagram nines. And so we have a tendency towards sloth, even though neither of us is slothy. We'll really. call it we just, go with the flow. We go we with just go flow. with the flowness and we might we might rest. I'm speaking totally for myself. Like I might rest because that is sort of my nature, but if it's not planned for, I do struggle with that guilt. So I need some of that Enneagram threeness to kick in when I'm doing well, but this idea of planning for things, whether it's rest or whether it's knowing like, I'm going to work really hard and I'm, I might be pretty tired for the next three days, but then I, I have actually planned to rest. Yeah. Eliminates all that guilt around it. And knowing that I have something fun to look forward to some downtime, all of that is it's, it seems so simple when you say it out loud, but it's sort of a revolutionary concept for, especially for Enneagram nines.
2: And I think I told you all, y'all last time my husband is a nine, right? So, yes. um, and we move at very different paces and this was part of it was inspired by him, like looking at him, watching him do things and realizing like how much rest he maybe non-intentionally builds in that annoys me. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it drives me up a wall and I try to remember it but I'm really uptight. <laughs> and I know that. And I'm like, I need to have more fun. Like he, I was like, I need to relax more. Like, cause I'm that person who, if I'm watching TV, I'm wrapping gifts or I, like the other day I took two right. hours, goodness gracious, to sew my girls, Girl Scout patches onto her freaking vest, like two hours. But I had, but I while I watch TV, like I, I don't know how to just be. And right. that's something that I think that no matter what your personality type You can find a place where you could be more intentional about all the other things like that. That's where, again, not balance, but alignment comes in life. It's not, and I've really, this year have really like leaned into learning about how I can like not simmer down my threeness, but allow myself to not feel like I have to go, 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 go. It's challenging, but it's really fun to have that space to just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be right now.
0: I'm I'm curious, did you have a hard time or do you have a hard time figuring out what is fun or what you consider fun? Or do you have a bunch of things you're like, oh I'd really love to be playing basketball or doing this or this? Or <laughs> or did you really have to sit down and be like, okay, what, what is, is fun? fun? Like <laughs> what is No, that, mean? Um,
2: that is actually common with a lot of the women over there, like, I don't even know what I like to do anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Like if you were to say, like, what's my hobby? Because I find work fun and I like love it so much, um. I would be like, I don't know, I like to work. And I was like, no, this isn't going to work. And so I like (laughs) to read. So like reading is my big fun. Um, But I I teach a concept. It's called learn, plan, and do. And when you look at your goals, sometimes there's like, again, season, a season of learning. And I think we forget this learning piece and then you can plan out what you want to do and then you do it. So I've actually had to explore some things that I enjoy doing. Like in my membership, we share what we're learning each week when we're doing our weekly planning. And these ladies are so interesting and they learn the people are learning languages and the guitar and scrapbook and I'm like huh maybe I'll like these sort of things so I've actually gone on like a bit of an exploration to find what I like and then also being okay that I don't love doing certain things and like just because like (laughs) other people find it fun to uh, be on a team sport or like go to an art class like I don't like, I just yeah. really want to curl up with a book and that's really fun for me. And I had to embrace who I was. So I, I do think when you're trying to find your fun, like there is a learning curve and, but we feel like we're supposed to, right? Like I'm a grown-up. Like I should know what I like to do. And I'm like, I, I don't, I actually don't. And what I like to do and find fun now, like I love board games. Like we love to play board games here. Like we play ticket to ride. I don't know if you guys have ever played ticket to ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <I laughs> oh yeah. We play that almost every weekend. I always beat my husband. It's just like the one thing we do together. Um, And I don't
1: like to play it because I always lose.
2: uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, then we will not play because I I tend to always beat him, but it's so fun (laughs) for me. Even if it's the same thing, I like to do it. Like I like, I have really bad anxiety. And so I need predictability. Like that helps Mm. me. It's one of my strategies is keeping things predictable as much as I can. So we play the same game. And so when it's time to play a new game, I get really nervous and anxious and I don't like it. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. What are the rules? Like I, I have to ease myself into it. So I'm okay with the fact that like, that's fun for me to do. And I don't Mm -hmm. need to like, feel like we have to go learn how to salsa dance or go to karaoke, which I do like karaoke, but it's like, I don't feel like the pressure to do those things Mm -hmm. because I'm embracing what I find fun.
0: I know, I was thinking, um, we never finished doing the artist way. Well, I did. I finished it like 20 years ago. And then I right. start back up and I usually get to about chapter seven. And then I stop. But I, one of the yeah. things that Julia Cameron recommends in there is the artist date every week, which is just basically something that you have to go do. It has to be alone and yes. it has to be with no purpose attached to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, you could go to a museum, you could go to a coffee shop, but you just kind of have to sit there and have no intention. You can't use it for checking emails. You can't use it to be a date or whatever because it's supposed yeah. to be by yourself. And oh, I, I think a lot of us get stuck with that and
1: just like, I don't even know what to do on my date. <laughs> Brene Brown talks about it a lot that the opposite of work is not rest, the opposite of work is play. We crave it. We need it. And as as we grow, we sometimes completely forget what is it we like to do? What is it is that is fun for us? And I think it's so important to stop and consider. And I love what you say, but you know yourself, you know, that what's fun for you is reading and you don't feel that pressure from the outside. Cause I think a lot of us here are friends or Colleagues talking about like oh I did you know I went to karaoke I would not want to karaoke but no, I, that would horrifying like my me. worst nightmare um, but I would find myself thinking like oh I she finds this fun I should find this fun mm-hmm. like why don't mm-hmm. I find this fun? The should the
2: dreaded the should. Oh. yes should um, yeah, if you know this, yourself
1: yeah. like that's fun for you and I'm so happy for you you know <laughs> yeah
2: well we have this phrase in the purpose of Your mom club and it's stop shooting on yourself um, yeah. mm-hmm. because the phrase should it really comes from this place of like a story that's been told in your head, you know, to go back to Brené Brown, a limiting belief or something like, why should you do it? And I think if you start to find yourself, I have some of my clients sometimes do this, like start writing your shoulds down and figuring out like, why, like, why should I, it's my, like, why do I feel like I should do something productive while I'm watching TV, right? Like that's one Mm -hmm. of my shoulds. Well, I'm sure that, like, along the way, like, you know, my whole thing, and I, again, I love therapy. So, like, I know tons about myself, but, like, my thing is, like, I find my worth in my works. And when people tell me I do good jobs, I love it. And, like, those things, I work, I'm working on it. You know what I mean? Um, but <laughs> I know this, right? So it's like, wait a minute, Kara, and this is how I talk to myself. So if you don't talk to yourself, I'm going to encourage everybody to, like, talk to yourself because to to um, you know yourself better. But, I'm like, Kara, stop. You know, right now, like, you can, you deserve to just, relax. You don't have to justify it. Cause I'll start to do that. Yes. I'll be like, if my husband comes in the room and I'm like watching TV and not doing anything, I was like, Oh, I was just about to pick something up. And he's like,
1: okay. And we
2: had to have, you know, and we had a conversation once because I do the majority of the like home stuff around here, like many women, moms, whatever. And you know, if I see my husband doing some home stuff around the house, he noticed that I was automatically busying myself. Like if he was washing the dishes, he was loading the dishes. Um, which is something I typically do, but say he was doing it, then I would start to like clean off the table or sweep the floor or grab the laundry or something. And one time he called me on it and he was like, you know, like, just cause I'm doing something, you don't have to do something. Right. And I was like, right. He's like, cause I don't <laughs> feel the need to do things when you're doing things. He was like, so just because I'm doing something, that's not a cue that I feel like you should do that. But I was telling myself the story in my head that if he was doing something and I wasn't, then he was going to think like I was lazy or something. And it's probably mm-hmm. from the fact that like, sometimes I think he's lazy when he's not doing <laughs> the stuff I want him to do. Like, right. But
1: like, let, Cause y'all it, look it, at what, the world really differently. That, yeah. yeah.
2: So what's the, what's the should. And I think that's, that's important to identify because, When we look at what other people are, and and this, listen, I'm a work in progress. So there are times I see other people doing things. I get the FOMO and I'm like, I want to do that. But when you stop yourself and you're like, why do I feel like I should be working on this goal? Having 700 things on my vision board, staying up late at night and hustling, not sleeping, like martyring myself from why, like, what's the story that you're telling yourself? And when you figure that out, then you can start to do the work to change that narrative in your head and then Mm -hmm. live this, you know, priority-based life.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now you mentioned vision boards again, Missy and I have been kind of tossing around this idea of maybe doing one for the new year. And so I'm curious for people who are interested in doing vision boards, if you have any kind of vision board 101, but also like in the same idea, like there's probably some people who have a thousand goals for next year and just kind of need some framework around them or there might be some kind of like we're talking about who don't know what fun is or don't even know what (laughs) you know they're feeling a little lost and need some guidance for how to even figure out what they want to be envisioning for next year so like or is that the whole point of the vision board that you start from square one and it helps give you some guidance so how do you how do you use that for your year planning
2: yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, I would think if this is like a funnel, right, the vision board is kind of like the big picture on top. And then we're going to narrow into the goals that you're going to work on. Because whenever you're working on goals, i teach like a five step process. And the first step is always vision. Because if you know where you want to go, then you can work backwards to make your plan. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important to let us dream. I think as moms, sometimes we Don't take the time to dream. We think it's selfish. I got a 100 other things to do. And we don't actually take the time to ask ourselves, what do I actually want? And so when starting with the vision board, especially for people who are like, I don't, you know, I want to be a little more like formulaic, like I don't have time, I'm cutting out magazines, like I want to do all that. I always recommend you kind of start with categories. Um, because I think you need a little structure. I don't know about you, but sometimes Mm. if I'm looking at a blank, anything, I'm like, I don't know what to do, right? Like Mm, the saying, it's the start that stops us, right? So I think to start with categories is a good way to drill down your ideas. So what I would do is find a good Spotify playlist, something that you will enjoy, and then break your paper down into categories or roles that you play in your life to start. Um, You know, I could say like things like mom, friend, wife, or I could say things like work, Home um, goals or whatever you wanted it to be, mix and match personalization here, and put on a fifteen-minute timer. Just fifteen minutes. That's it. You can you can find that. Like I sit outside my kid's bedroom for fifteen minutes, waiting for them to fall asleep every night. Like we can find the fifteen minutes if we're intentional. So just fifteen minutes. Brain dump out and ask yourself the question: If I was to get to the end of this year, month, quarter, whatever you're doing, what would I want it to look like? What would it feel like? What would I have wanted to accomplish? Right? Like who do I want to be there? And then Mm -hmm. instead of just I don't know, right. <laughs> you have categories, you've got roles to kind of spark it. So one of the things I do, I don't know if y'all do a word of the year. Do you guys pick a sometimes. word of the year? Yes. Okay. Sometimes. So I pick a word of the, oh, I wish I had a handy, I pick a word of the year and what I do for this. Um, and so my word for 2022 is going to be invest 2021 was impact. And so I take these categories and I ask myself a question. Um, so I would actually, before you do vision board, I pick a word that you like really anchor things into, because then again, you've got like a filter and like a lens. Mm-hmm. And then you could say, if I was to show up impactfully or however, whatever adverb you want to make your word to make sense in the sentence, right? Like, I don't know how I'll do it. If I was to have invested in my family, I guess that's how I'll do this year's, what would that look like? And mm-hmm. then think through the lens of the word of the year plus the category and be sp- super specific. So for impact, for example, if I was to say something like if I was to make an impact for, my finances. So for this year, I wrote, I wanted, I would pay off, we'd pay off our car notes, right? So we would have less debt. That would make a huge impact. We would be adding to our retirement. We would be sticking to our grocery budget. Like those things would make an impact, right? I would be giving whatever that looked like for me. But I think if you pick your word, like maybe your word is fun. Like if I was to have fun in this area, what would it look like? If I was to be Mm. planned in this area, if I was to be more friendly, whatever your word is, because I think that'll help it go from like, I don't know, like vision boards when we were teenagers or we were just cutting things out of right. the, like, you know, Mbop magazine. Or I just want or, 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 Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? And, and that's cool too, right? But it's not intentional. I think that it's really important to be strategically intentional. And when you have that vision, then what you could do is back up the goal planning. Okay, cool. I've made my vision for the year. I've picked my word. I have an idea of what I want to do in categories. And a lot of moms will get here and they're like, I got way too many things on the plate. So mm-hmm. what do I do? And so I actually recommend you only work on four goals at at one time. That is it. Now, can you work on more? Yeah, I mean, sure. Could you work on less? Sure. But the way I like to structure it is, if you know your vision, you can make themes for things. You could say like, hey, January is when I'm going to work on my writing. That's what I'm really going to work on. That's my main focus. And then maybe February is family time. You could do that. But you pick four things. So one is what I like to call a numerical-based goal. And these are the types of goals that go pretty much the entire year. They're easy math. I want to read 24 books this year. You could divide 24 up by four quarters in the year. Keep dividing till you get to how many books you're going to read, right? So you're always working on one main numerical goal. For me, that's typically my reading one. I know some of the club members did like a walking. I wanted to walk this many miles. I wanted to save this much money. One big numerical goal that ties into the whole year because then you can just keep checking in with it. Then each month, I would pick a um, project-based goal. So one project-based goal that you've put on your board. And again, because you've made your vision and because you know your seasons, now you can be strategic about where it goes. So for example, like one of our project-based goals was to redo my kid's room. It's super busy right now. It doesn't make sense for this season. So I could look at it and say, hey, when am I gonna have some time and extra money and feel like redoing this room? And I could put it on what month makes sense for that project-based goal. When does it make sense? to declutter, maybe you host for the holidays. So you want to declutter in like October so you could deep clean in November because you're gonna host in September, right? Like really think through the big picture. Um, So we've got a a numerical, we've got a project-based and then a routine-based goal. So this could be, I wanna work on my morning routine this month or my evening routine or my self-care routine or whatever your routine is. And final is the one that nobody wants to do, but it's the learning and the growth goal. Um, everyone's like, I don't have time for that. I told, like, I'm telling you, these women are learning languages. Some of them are taking <laughs> courses on how to start a blog. Like they're just personal growth, listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um, 15 minutes a day is, is, I think, enough to just like start your flywheel moving in a good set, space. And if you have all these goals on your on your plate, going back to that learn, plan, do, like, you got to take time to learn how to do them. So mm-hmm. if you say... I want to um, remodel like the kid, the bathroom or something. And you don't know what you're doing. So you need a research phase. So maybe you're like, okay, January, my learning and goal is going to be like, just learning all of what that means and how much it would cost. And could we do it ourselves? Like learning. And then in February, my project-based goal might be to do it or to plan it out or any of those things. So you could have a skill or you could have, again, like I'm working on, I'm listening to a parenting book right now. And so like, I'm always like listening to parenting stuff. And so I'm like, this is my learning for the for the month. Um, but I think when you tie it into themes and to your word, it becomes less this arbitrary thing we're doing. And again, going back to that word intention, it's about intentionally looking at what you and your family want, what makes sense for you in your season and picking your priorities instead of I've got a thousand things on my plate. I don't know where to start, so I'm just going to wait till next month, which is what
1: happens. Yes. <laughs> or next year. Or mm-hmm. the next oh, year.
0: I love just intentionality. I did, maybe that's yeah. going to be my word
1: for next Good year, word. just intentional. It's something I really struggle with. I tend to just flit from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's stuff, well, Suzanne and I both have some of that um obliger, tendency. Yeah. So if if someone is expecting it, then I can get it done. But if it's just this internal, like I would like to do X, Y, Z, that's what gets put off and put off and put off.
0: Yeah. And we're getting pretty close to the look, listen, learn time. So maybe we'll, I know, um, first of all, you got your, your new book coming out. What are some most important things you'd like for us to share with listeners about the book uh, or things that they can look forward to in that?
2: Yeah. So the book, talks through like my five pillars of productivity. And I think if you are out there looking for some guidance on not just how to quote, get more done, because we're going to talk about getting stuff done. I'm going to help you learn how to time block and become more productive and do all those things, but getting done more of what matters. We really look in the whole book through this lens of your family and your priority. And I think the other thing is if you're out there, like I really wanna do this, but every book out there is making me feel like I have to get up at 5 a.m. or I'm a failure. And every book out there or every meme or Pinterest post or podcast is like, if you don't you know, hustle, then you don't want it bad enough and you'll just do it if you want to. The book is about not relying on your motivation because let's be real, our motivation is fickle. Motivation is a muscle. It is not just something all of us are born with. Like I am a driven person. Like that's a description I would use for myself, but I'm not always motivated. I'm tired. I've got three kids at three different schools. Like I'm tired. So my motivation isn't going to get me through all the time. So if you're like, out there listening and you're like, yes, I don't feel motivated when I'm exhausted, but I don't want to give up on my goals. Then the 15 minute formula is going to show you how to do that.
1: Oh, I can't wait until the copies are ready. I know. I when, do, when is it here? When is it here? <laughs> By the time yeah. this episode runs, we will have read it. And I bet Suzanne and I are going to be just killing our goals.
2: <laughs> yes. And there's a there's a workbook that comes with it. So um, you can go to the 15minuteformula.com slash free. And I have a free workbook that goes with each chapter. So um, what I wanted to make different about this book was I don't know about you, but I will buy books and then they sit on the shelf and then I don't look at them or I will read them and be like, that was so great. What's the next book I'm supposed to be reading, right? (laughs) And so I've done a couple of things. I made a Trello board. I love Trello. So Trello board that goes with it. I've also made this workbook that has action steps that you can do in 15 minutes or less for each chapter. And so that if you do them, by the end of the book you will not only have read the book but you'll have started to apply some of the stuff and there's even a four-week guide in there so if you're like I don't even know how I'm going to find time to read it I've broken it down inside the workbook on like which chapters to read which days and which weeks so that you can finish and complete it in four weeks I I really wanted to make this actionable and easy for busy moms because I know that it's challenging to
1: get it done
0: so exciting I know. I love it. Talk about intentional. Yeah. You've really put a lot yes. of
1: intention and thought and I'm going uh, directly to the workbook when we're done. here. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the book yet, but I'm going to make sure i got really it. Yet. Don't go to the page to go. Go. It'll be oh. in January. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going directly to the book in January.
0: Yes. <laughs> and now, so since, since now, obviously the book is available, um, where is the best place for listeners to find you and the book?
2: Sure. Yeah. Amazon's going to be the best place. And we have a couple versions. There's the ebook, the paperback and the hardcover coming out at the same time. Um, So we decided to give you options of whatever you like. And you can check your local library because we have a grassroots team who are like calling all the libraries to try to get it in because I know that my mom loves to go to the library. So we are doing our best to get it in all of those places. But Amazon You could search Kara Harvey, the 15 minute formula, all of it will come up. Um, And if you head over to a purpose driven mom.com, that's where you can link up to my podcast, connect with me and over on Instagram at a purpose driven mom. And if you wind up getting the book, I would love to see it. Send me a picture, a DM, I'll send you a voice note back. And there's a couple of places inside the book where I actually want you to email me. So if you get to that place and it says, email me this, I want you to email me this. I'm going to be a little bossy right now. Do it because we know that accountability is what gets us through.
0: God, I love that's that. so, cool. so much. Yeah. So, if people, if people are sending pictures of the books, uh, is there a particular hashtag or something that they should be using too to make sure we get a, a yeah, group of that question. together?
2: Sure. Yeah, the 15 minute formula sounds great at this exact moment. I haven't seen <laughs> intentionality. Now I will
1: think
0: about
2: it. Will of you tell us like, make
1: sure it's there. Yeah, if that changes, just tell us and we'll yes, make sure I didn't, we get see. Thank
2: way. you. I didn't even think of a hashtag, but yes, yeah. that's a very important thing I should get hashtag. a hashtag. Okay.
0: Yes. Awesome. Oh, well, we are so excited. And so, okay. I think we got all that covered, so we're ready for some Look, Listen, Learns. I think so. And if it's anybody's first time listening, thank you. We're so happy that you're here. And wow, you picked a good one to start with. <laughs> you got, oh, talking about learnings per minute. I, I feel like right. Kara just packs them Jim. in there. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, so our Look, Listen, Learns uh, is another opportunity to learn a little bit more about our guest and us And maybe get us some ideas of things that maybe you might like to do. Some fun. (laughs) In case you're having a hard time figuring out what's fun, here's some ideas of things to either watch or listen to or learn about. So
1: let's see. Do you want to kick it off, Missy? Sure. What do I have this week? Um, I actually just started listening to a podcast episode on the hidden brain, which we've talked about before on here, I think, multiple times. I love the hidden brain. I love brain stuff. Um, Brain stuff. (laughs) <laughs> it's a thing. Right? <laughs> it's super scientific. Yeah, super sciency. Mm-hmm. That's me. Uh, but this one is about imposter syndrome, which we talk about a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It is something I struggle with so much. I have not finished the episode yet, but just the part I've already listened to, I say go find it. I will put the episode, actual episode number and link in the show notes. But it's the hidden brain. I think the episode is called the imposter. I wrote it down somewhere. Let's look, let's look the psychology of self-doubt. I was so far off the psychology of (laughs) self-doubt. I love hearing that men go through this as well, but I just, every mom I talk to, every woman I talk to has a story about this at some point in her life. So highly recommend that episode. And then I have a cute little product to share. Um, It's called, I'm holding this bag up for people who are watching, but it's called little words project, which the name in of itself grabbed me, but it's these cute little beaded bracelets and, um, they all have a word on them and they're all tagged. You can actually track the bracelet and what you're supposed to do is you wear it. And then if you're talking to someone who is going through something or struggling with a specific part of their life, if you have a word that like applies to that, you give them the bracelet and they wear it while they need it. And then they pass it on. So I bought resilience, brave, and grateful. And um, oh, I was going to give them as gifts, but I actually think I'm going to wear them for a while and then do what you're supposed to do and give yes. them away. Like I oh was my going gosh, to have give to them find as those. Christmas oh gifts. Oh, no. um, you know what?
0: So cool. Okay. Kara started with this idea of signs. And I think I just got mine. I was just thinking yeah. when I was getting ready today that my friend uh, KJ Delantonia, who we talked about, she came, she was on an episode with her. Reese Witherspoon pick book, The Chicken yes. Sisters, and also, of course uh, we talk about the hashtag Amwriting podcast that she co-hosts with Jess Leahy a lot. Um, but we were at the Texas Conference for Women once, and we went out for drinks with our friend Wendy Aarons afterwards. And I was talking about wanting to write this book. Oh my God, you talk about writing your book in six months. <laughs> <laughs> I, this was a few years ago that we had this conversation, oh, yeah. and I had already been thinking about it for a while. Um, and KJ took off her bracelet. And she said, someone gave this to me when I started to write my book. And the idea was that, you know, you were supposed to wear it as a reminder and as a focus point for, you know, keeping on track. And then she said, and then when you're done, you pass it to the next person. And I was just thinking of like, the global clog that I have done of like, no, this, this bracelet should have passed to like five more people. And I've had it all this time and so I think I owe it to KJ and to the future people who will receive this bracelet to just get my act together and do it. I need that out. See, I need the external. I'm the That's your sign. Yeah, the little I, words
1: project is your sign. That is my so, sign because it is cool.
0: Yeah. I thought KJ just made it, and maybe she did make up that idea. Maybe little words took her idea, but, <laughs>
1: but or maybe she's the secret brain behind this. Who knows? Maybe she is. I would
0: not be surprised. So yeah,
1: I would be surprised. You <laughs> would be surprised. But I love um, that. Yeah, those are fun gifts. I feel like everybody should go out and buy one or three or five and start wearing them and then pass them on to the people you meet. Yes.
0: Oh, I love that so much. Okay inspired. Right. The, that's me for today. That is so, you for today. Okay. Yeah, what about you, Kara? Kara? What are you look, listen learning?
2: Okay. So, um, I was actually looking cause I wanted to make sure I get this title of this book I'm reading or listening to. I don't know if the double counts then, but I'm listening to it. It's an audio book and it's called raising good humans. I don't know if either of you have read this. <sighs> uh, the author is Hunter Clark fields. Um, it's a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind and confident kids. And I will tell you, I'm someone who gets everything from the library first. That's why we're we're on this grassroots, like let's get it in the library, because I know I love it. And I only purchase books if I know I'm going to read them twice. And this mm-hmm. was one where I was halfway through it and I put it on my Amazon wishlist. Um, <laughs> cause I was like, I know I'm going to want to buy this. So yeah. I'm going to put this in cause it has some really good scripts and I'm really trying to like break some generational yelling that's happening in my house. Um, and it's been a really big focus of mine this whole year is just like figuring out how to parent in a way that feels more joyful to me. because mm-hmm. Sometimes it goes on. <laughs> um, and this book yeah. was, I just came across it. Someone recommended it to me. And so if anyone struggles with some reactive parenting, I really recommend it. I'm at 75% done. So I think I can give the two stamps of approval that, that it's pretty quality on that. So oh. yeah, that's been a really, really good one. i um, yeah,
1: putting that on the list. Yes. And
2: then speaking of fun, I have a fun thing I'm watching right now on TV that I'm going to share. Um, that I actually don't like it that much, but I'm watching it with my husband, so it's fun. Um, <laughs> Are you so hate we, watching
0: something? <laughs> yeah. So
2: you know, um, I don't know if you guys watch Marvel stuff. Are you guys Marvel? Oh yes. At all? Super okay, yes. So we're watching Hawkeye. Okay. Well, good. I don't love it. We're watching Hawkeye, and I don't love yeah. it. But my kids it's want the to start only, it
1: real bad. But I. No, I'm uh, not oh, love I it.
2: don't. We've we've watched them all. Like we all the yeah. little Marvel stuff because. Yep. It's me and my husband, if we're not intentional, like we won't hang out. Like we're just like doing our thing. And so a couple of years ago, I'd never seen the Marvel movies. We watched them all from the beginning. So now every summer we watch them chronologically, like in actual time order, not production order. Yeah. Um, Every summer together. And so once the shows came out, it was something. Honestly, some of the only time if we didn't like push into doing game night, like we we would have together would be to watch the show and we really connected over. It. And so um, I don't love Hawkeye. I'm finding I don't know. I don't like it, but we watch it and it's that time together. And so, mm-hmm. um, it is fun for me. I say in quotes, because we love to like heckle shows together. My husband and I, like we were watching <laughs> manifest. Did you guys watch manifest. My daughter no. did. Well, that, that's a good, Yeah. Yeah. It's a good heckling show or we watched, um, Oh my gosh. What's the one squid games that came out and we oh, love yeah. to like, just like co- just dissect shows like that. And so, yeah. um, this is our in, in fun, enjoyable time. So if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what's fun, and you also want to include your partner, maybe find a show or something together that you can like laugh a little bit or be like, yeah. what like we know it's like when when we watch Manifest, we we're like, "What is even happening?" But we enjoyed, and we would send each other like Manifest gifs during the day, and it like gave us something else to connect about besides the kids and everything. I love that. Yeah. Do you
0: ever watch uh, Mystery Science Theater Two Thousand? Is that what uh, it was called? Oh yes. yes. And that's how that's, that's how I'm picturing so you and your great. husband watching the TV show and just like <laughs> making fun of it. We like to do that too. Okay. <laughs> So my look, and I feel like I'm doing a little bit of a time warp here because Midlife Bites by Jen Mann, which Zibby Owens just had on her Katie Couric must read for Q1. It's coming out in January. But since we are recording this in advance, this is technically an advanced reader copy that I have. But by time this airs, it will have been available for two weeks. But it's obviously, I mean, the subtitle, Anyone Else Falling Apart, or is it just me? For any of us midlife nope. women, I mean, she's just, I think she's the voice of midlife in very many ways. So, um, so yes, definitely check yeah. this out and listen to our episode, which by now will have been two episodes ago. Yeah. But currently yeah. is in the future, but I don't know. I don't know how to talk about it. It's
1: so very confusing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very. But so I'm looking at that and listening to... Um, Brene Brown is doing this uh, book club series of her Atlas of the Heart book, which is on my nightstand. And I forgot to bring it in here, but I'm sure that her sales will not suffer because I'm not (laughs) showcasing it. Yeah, she's all right. She's okay. okay. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, the Atlas of the Heart book club with her sisters. But one of the listener questions on today's episode, which is the third in that series, was about not being able to write in the book which brought me back to our self-love workbook for women that I haven't written in it I can't I still and that's what she was saying she's like I go to these you know meetings or whatever and people will write on post-its and then stick it to the appropriate page because it's too pretty and they don't want to write in it Mm -hmm. and so one of her assignments when they very first start especially when she goes into companies and they won't even write on it when she's there for a workshop um is that you have to just close your eyes open to a random page and take a big sharpie marker and just make a big heart on it. And so then it's it's one of the assignments. So it's part of the work and you're
1: supposed to <laughs> And then to you've have, just started the process. And then you have
0: already book. like you know I don't know what's the you have made already me nervous. Like just thinking about it made, the made me nervous.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: And so I'm, yeah I was listening to that on my walk today. I was like <gasps> So I finally have to do it because yeah, that's what we were talking about when we had Megan Logan on the podcast. We we're like, it's too pretty. We don't want to write in it. And she's like, well, it's only yeah. like nine bucks. You could just buy two and have one that's nice and one that you write in. <laughs> and it's like meant to be written in. Like it the purpose is. of I mean, that book is pages, to write in it. There are pages, there are lines to write on it. You're supposed to write in Can't it. Do it. Can't do it. Um, so yes, I, so I'm going to, I think today, you know what? I'm going to do it right now. I'm picking this page. <laughs> do, I'm picking this page. Oh my is this the pen heart. The heart. There is my heart on five positive messages. Yes. It's
1: official. I There have... you go. Oh, that felt kind of dirty. <laughs> I know. I know you took your your book writing virginity.
0: <laughs> that is. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so that's my lesson to not be so special with my books and my journals. Um and then my learn back to the intro where I said I was writing um home repair checks. Oh yeah. So uh, I have learned from the gentleman who was doing that and who has a sizable check of ours today that every fall (laughs) you should walk around your house and look for any signs of water damage or cracking in your car. So say that again. You said every fall. So, yes, every fall you should walk around the house and take a look for any signs of water damage or any like sealing or caulking or the ceiling, or ceiling that's around the windows and stuff, because it adds up And something that looks like a little damage on the outside. It can end up being an entire wall
1: of your lot. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. If we bought a three-year-old house thinking, oh, how nice that we won't have to deal with anything that we dealt with with our hundred-year-old house from Seattle, but nope. Houses are houses. Water is water. Houses are houses. Yes. So keep an eye out. Uh, This is just a little public service announcement.
1: (laughs) Learn from our mistakes. Well, especially after our weather last year, I bet a lot of houses did a lot of like shrinking and expanding, and weird freeze things happened. I yes.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing too with a new house. We had a hundred and twenty-year-old house in Seattle that didn't, but it had all of its. You know, expansion and contraction time, and I think that our house yeah. just had a lot of that, and we didn't catch a lot of the mm-hmm. the things that happen when that happens. So look around, go save yeah. yourself some heartache and some money, and just get a <laughs> five dollar thing of uh, you know exterior caulk and go go do some work, fix it up. Unless it is more than five feet, and then hire someone to do it. Chris did some work with some guy who's a spinal surgeon. And he said that if anything is above a three foot ladder, hire it out. Really? Those are my other public service announcements. I'm just full of stuff today.
1: (laughs) But I know Karen Mark always puts our Christmas lights on our house and that's makes me nervous but i know i know
0: i know i needed chris to get a santa hat down for the band performance yesterday for our son and he's like i'm not doing it till you come home <laughs> like i need to <laughs> we've had too many family members who have suffered injuries from just this i mean it's just silly little ladder things but yeah right yes so so, that's not ending on a high note we're gonna end on a high note about this amazing book about yeah
1: (laughs) yeah we can't end on spinal surgery
0: (laughs) no we're gonna end on the happy note of the yes of your new book that's available so excited people go find it amazon hopefully your local library the 15 minute formula how moms can ditch the overwhelm and say yes to what actually matters which is oh what a nice way to start 2022. So I yep. think that's a great goal for all go get of it. us. Yes, go get it. And then also go back if you enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you did, episode 37, where we dove into a lot of uh, nitty gritty scheduling, block scheduling, how to's, um, and mm-hmm. the joys of Trello. So yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I recommend you to find all the things, Kara, because like I said, minute for minute, you cannot get more Nope. usable
1: actionable information packed in love it yes me yes. too thank you thank you for being here yes.
2: thank you so much this is so much fun see this is fun for me yay so
1: fun
0: cool. you found yes. something fun you can come join us you can check your you fun box fun. for today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much it's just good to see you again
1: have a great rest of your day you. bye-bye bye thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot 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 podcast We hope you enjoyed today's show, and if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at mommanpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.